Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Ooh, I love that sound. This is a good one. Hey, Nick A. Johnson. Let's hey, talk Dale about. Morgan, Bill. <laughs> let us talk about this current Minnesota waterfowl public input uh, nonsense. I guess it's not nonsense. really nonsense, but. Um, well, let me pull it up. Survey. Glad That's, you asked. Was, I was, I was trying to find the word survey and I was failing, but I found it. So and... this is, this came out last week. I've taken the survey already. I have too. I assume you have. I did. I posted it to my social medias. I did too. Um, well, just one of them. And I haven't really gotten that much negative stuff on it. Um, really, the only negative stuff I've heard so far is there is nothing in there about cranes. <laughs> like, well, they might be putting that in a different – because there wasn't anything about swans either. So I have a feeling swans and cranes are kind of a different – a different thing. So if you go back to the interview I did with Steve Kortz, he talked about it. And it sounded like a crane season was possible as well as a swan season. It actually sounded like we'd get swans before we got cranes. Well, we already have cranes, I mean, so that's well, kind of ridiculous. Well, but I mean an expanded, <laughs> an expanded zone, not just a northwest zone. But they did say something about the northwest zone um, and in regards to hunting within 100 yards of water. So, um. So That's I one have of the questionnaires. I was kind of interested in that because they're, that also affects Carlos Avery, which is in Forest Lake to Stacy. It's a massive, massive WMA. Yeah, down to Ham Lake. Yeah, just humongous WMA in uh, just north of the Twin Cities. And you cannot shoot over within 100 yards of water there during the early goose season. I don't know if that's just for the 15 days or for all of September, but it's, at least it covers most of September and I was kind of curious about that because it does stack up with molts. Oh, I'm sure. I've had a couple of really good hunts uh, that were birds coming off that safe roost over the years. Well, and, and that was that was the big bitch early on when they were first, uh, you know, the first editions, versions of the early season where you couldn't hunt water. And then people wanted to hunt water, and then all the field hunters got bent out of shape, and they're going to blow all our birds out of the state, and then they allowed it, and then the, they didn't blow all the birds out of the state. So it's kind of interesting now how their tune is changing a little bit, and people are like, oh, sweet, now I can migrate or hunt on water. <laughs> Weren't you against this 
10 years ago? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then I don't think, well, let me stick to one topic at a time here. Uh, well, if we I want, think it'll be fun to go... hunt. I think it'll be. Sorry, go ahead. I think it'll be fun to hunt on Carlos Avery on a migrator day. I think it'd be effective. I do too. Especially the first year if there's like some returning birds that um always kind of thought it was safe. Yeah, right. Going to the refuge. Nope. Yeah. And then And um I guess I don't know how that so much affects the northwest zone or the what is it, Swan Lake, I believe. Yeah. Also yeah. has that. So I'm not really not that uh, is, well that's we'll have to around there much. I think what we should do is do you got that uh page pulled up? The DMS yeah, the DNR page pulled up. Let's just start at the top and work our way down. So it says ex- the first one is expand the teal harvest. Okay. Let me see where what I'm at. Oh shit! I'm actually in the actual survey part. That's what I sent myself to the link to. You're looking at like the. It's just like the information thing. It says ah, uh, ah, right before it, it says complete the survey, and then you can click register and take the online questionnaire. Uh, but the page before that, if you just scroll up, it has everything like a plus sign and then the issue. And then you click oh, on it yeah. and it gives you the stuff. I know how to find that page. Um, yeah, it's dnr.state.mn.us forward slash wildlife forward slash waterfall forward slash waterfowl dash public dash input dot html. Oh, yeah. I just if you just put all that up. in real quick and, and you'll have it. <laughs> <laughs> good good um but if you're on the minnesota dnr page you can go to home then the fish and wildlife then to wildlife and then the waterfall and then you'll probably find it i will i'm going there right now well i'll just wait for you to get start there, no then. start start <laughs> I, I got it all in my head man just tell, tell me what the first issue is here first season the first issue is expand the teal harvest so the early season option a Current regs are there is no early season. Possible regulation would be beginning 2021, establish a three-year experimental early teal season for as many as 16 days in duration prior to the regular duck season, allowing up to six teal daily. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like that one. That's that's the one I like. Um, Blueing bonus teal, which is option B. That allows the bonus of two blue-winged teal daily during the first 16 days of the regular waterfall season, duck hunting season. I think I'll take that's, it. Well, but I don't. You're not getting all of these. I think you're getting either or. One of yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll take I, it if they can't get option A. But I mean, like, well, that we I, we are we are we can get whatever we want. Uh, it's what the people want right now. They're trying to figure that out. Like on the federal level, we've already we've been given the green light for these. Yeah, Top and ball. there's some important things to keep in mind too. Like when they say experimental season, that's a, an actual thing that um, the feds will come in and they'll watch us hunt, they'll monitor our attempt rates, um, and then after three years, I mean, they can pull the plug on it whenever. If there's a bunch of ding dongs shooting at wood ducks, right. they can they can pull the plug. And if we do good and we're good little hunters, then we can keep it. But it's uh, there's some extra stuff involved with it being an experimental season. I say we go for it. I think so. And too. I think we're past the point of this whole like blowing shit off the roost because like if somebody's gonna hunt if if you're worried about like this scaring geese and like a teal hunter is gonna screw up with your geese, 
why wouldn't somebody already just go goose hunt like on that roost that you're worried about a teal hunter screwing up you know like if there's geese on it yeah exactly and and it's public why wouldn't somebody go out there for geese like i don't see it screwing up anybody's goose hunting more than incidentally or coincidentally i like the option a because it actually gives additional opportunities instead of just a couple more birds in the bag you know, like that, like big deal. And 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 the couple birds in the bag are only going to help you for a couple weeks, and then all the teal are gone. Well, I guess you get yeah. some late season green wings that maybe. But I think it's just no, it's only blue wing teal, so that isn't going to help you anyways. When do you think the blue wing migration comes through the Minneapolis area? What date? Uh, well, I don't know because it was mid October this year where I had hundreds of them on uh, Rush Lake, so. Uh, I don't know when the first mass exodus would be, but anecdotally from what I hear from other people, like late October or late uh, August. Yeah, that's what I think too, because my number, like I've seen some really impressive blueing teal migration days, but it was on like September 5th, September 7th, somewhere in there. And I think to myself, like the only reason I didn't see that earlier was because I wasn't out hunting, you know, or I wasn't sitting in a swamp on August 20th in Minnesota for no reason. So I think it's probably earlier, but I mean, I've had some days um, hunting water for geese where I mean, it's early September. I'm like, Oh my God, if we had an early teal season, this would be a good day. Well, man, I'm yawning. Um, Contagious. I guess. Actually, I'm looking at the like the rationale background here, and it says like we are currently the only state that doesn't have a teal season in the Mississippi Flyway. That's true. So it's pretty stupid for us to not. <laughs> I mean, everybody. Else, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's like there's no. You can look up this. Is supported because there's no concerns for harvest other, for other ducks and potential scaring of ducks away by opening day of the regular season. An extensive review was conducted by the USFWS and other states and showing harvest of teal in early season is very low and the slight increase in harvest would have no biological impact to populations. And that's what I was just about to say is these other states like um, Wisconsin and Michigan added it uh, seven or eight years ago when it was first added or offered to us as well. And they went through their three-year um, experimental uh, seasons and there's reports you can go online and google them and look them up and you can read like how many people actually shoot at uh, non-teal species how many teal are being harvested blah 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 so if you're worried about that sort of shit you can get a pretty good idea of what it might look like without guessing yep and, and, and honestly i don't even know how often if, if i would do it i mean i might but i'm usually goose i guess it's depends on when they started if they started it in august i'd probably take advantage of it that's not going to happen because you need you can't the migratory bird treaty act september 1 can't start a season before then oh okay so it's gonna be the same time as goose so chances are i'm going to be in a field anyways it may, they, you know what'd be cool is if they did start it on september 1 no matter what day it was that would be cool kind of like yeah I, I would like that does. that would be pretty yes. sweet should have yes, put that I would in your like comments that. i should have actually i didn't <laughs> Take the screen again. <laughs> Use a different email. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, so that covers issue, teal. That covers teal. And it's a hot topic. And I hope we – dude, I love hunting blue-winged teal, man. I wouldn't even call myself much of a duck hunter, but I'm a teal hunter. God, I love hunting them things. <laughs> they're fast. They are fun, and they're just cool little ducks, man. And uh, you can, I love how they fly over the swamp. And you can tell when they look at you, like if they're going to come around and do it hard. Yeah. Like they give you that body language, that, that little 
flirtatious little nod of the head, and you're like, oh, here <laughs> like, we go. How you here we go. Sure enough, you just, <laughs> they, they hit the edge of the swamp, and they just bank, and you're like, oh, God, I love teal hunting. Yeah, they're pretty cool. And it's they cool are. you can shoot once and kill five. Because <laughs> they fly real tight formation. Delta Waterfall has a cool video on uh, YouTube about how to identify uh, the early season blue-winged teals, like based on their wing speculums, like uh, males versus females and adult versus juveniles. Really? It's pr- pretty sweet if you look it up on YouTube. It's I'll fun. have to check it out. Yeah, it's a nice one. So the next uh, issue down the line is allow motorized decoys. Yep. Um, now, this isn't spinning wing. Yes, it is. It is. Yes, because they do not allow spinning wing decoys on WMAs. Oh, that's true. Okay, because it's for the first two weeks of the season, but they do allow it on WPAs because that's federal that's land federal. and not state, and that's confusing. Okay, as that's fuck. what it is. Possible regulation is expanded allowance for use of motorized decoys throughout the season statewide, including all wildlife management areas. Uh, I clicked. Yeah, why not? Because I don't think they're as effective as they were early on. I also don't think they're as effective in water anyways. They right. work really good in field, so why and not? Also, if you like, want to use it, use it. It ain't really going to help you that much. You know, with the as a recruitment tool, though, like it could be that one. It could be the difference, I think, between a kid just having a five-pack of green wings or blue wings just dump on that spinner hard that can light fires in people's hearts, you know? Yeah. I mean, and it's not that effective of a tool, but once in a while you get birds that just fucking cannonball it. Yeah. And that's cool to watch. And I don't know. Why not? And there's confusing, it's confusing regulation to have it on no state land, but you can on fed land. Yeah. It simplifies the regs, which I think is, is important. So yeah. Yes, sir. I went for yay on that one. All right. Next one is the no 4 p.m. early season closure. Thank God. Yeah, I put the same thing. I said, yep, for that one too. Uh, my rationale for it was like, why? kind of like, why not? And uh, not everybody's schedule allows them to hunt in the morning. I mean, it'd be kind of cool to, you know, if you worked a third shift or, you know, whatever, they like, well, I can only hunt in the afternoons, and now you can hunt in the afternoons if they change it, and that is. It's the best opportunity we have to hunt in the off- afternoons because the sunset keeps getting earlier right, <laughs> every yeah. day. Yeah, exactly. So that's your that's like minute for minute your best opportunity to get out of work twenty minutes early and get to a swamp or do what do what do what you need to do. But I'd love to see that regulation yeah. go. Like when I first started hunting, like my first couple seasons, there was a noon opening day was noon. Yep, I remember that. And they had a 4 p.m. closure for the first two weeks of the season. So it was from noon to 4 was opening day. <laughs> when no birds are moving. <laughs> yeah. And then the next day it was sunrise, or half hour before sunrise, to 4. And it stayed like that. And then a couple of years into my like career of hunting, it went to 9 a.m. starts. And then finally they just said 30 minutes before sunrise. And this is the last dying vestibule of that stupid regime of regulations. Yeah, love to see it go. Yeah, the, the rationale and background, they say the closure was initially implemented to reduce harvest of breeding ducks. However, harvest and hunter numbers have declined, and the Minnesota breeding duck population remains above average. So they're basically like saying, well, why not? Because we're good. There's, yep. no, there's no danger. Let's do it. All right, so what we already talked about is the all-over water goose hunting. And it's just like you were saying. So current reg 
regulations right now restricted in the Northwest Goose Zone, Carlos Avery WMA, the Swan Lake area, and Ochita Lake Game Refuge. Well, I don't even know where that is. Oh, I've um, looked up that before. That's a, I think that's down by Worthington. I think so. Okay. Worthington? Maybe. I don't know. So remove all restrictions against hunting geese within 100 yards of surface water. Although originally implemented to reduce waterfall disturbances, there are no data supporting the effectiveness of this restriction. So they're like, well, it's stupid to have it. Let's get rid of it. Yeah, it's just more people in Minnesota going, no, no water. And again, you're simplifying the regs. So yep. I'm all for yep. it. This next one is pretty cool. Allow open water duck hunting. Yes, on some lakes. They didn't say it statewide, which I thought was oh, pretty sweet. Um, Yeah, it does. So current regs right now only allowed on Lake of the Woods, Mille Lacs, Lake Pepin, and Lake Superior, and all other places hunters must be concealing in, in concealing vegetation. Possible regulation allow hunters statewide to shoot from open water using a layout boat or anchored boat blind. Statewide. Statewide. Fuck, that'd be cool. Fuck, that'd be badass. I mean, think about there's like not so much down here, but like up north, there's there's lakes where it's like lined with rocks, like there is no vegetation. You know, like. Yeah, how do you get away? How do you get away with that? Like, just bring in a couple branches off a tree from somebody's yard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's dumb. Or if you're on a, a river, and it's a, you're a sand, you're hunting a sandbar. You know, it's like, well, there's there's nothing growing here. It's only exposed because the water level is low. You know, it's like, what what am I supposed to do here? Okay, so, okay, so it's it says using a layout boat or an anchored boat blind. Here's my question. I wanted to body boot and just uh, wear like a dry suit and uh, hide behind a silhouette. Go ahead. Do it. I, it doesn't say that. It says say from a, it says using a layout boat. It's, it's pretty specific about the boat thing. <laughs> um, I don't want it. Just get a, get, a, um, get a little remote control boat, put an anchor on it, tether it to your waders, and then uh, you're good. You're what about an inner tube with a decoy anchor on it? Probably. If you had like a, um, is that a boat? A kick boat? Yeah, they call them kick boats. Like um, kick boat, nice. That's what they do. They call them kick boats. The um, um, the tubes. What do you call float tubes? Yeah, uh, that's that's what I'm talking same about. Same thing. It's a boat. Sure, go for it. I mean, I would I would just use a kayak. Same thing. So. Yeah, I suppose. Or maybe I could just get a fucking. I don't want to lay out boat. I want to hide behind that silhouette. <laughs> just to say, I don't just know though. Say you did. Just for September, just so the water gets cold. And just stick to that. Stick two big Canada silhouettes on either side of your kayak. I know. We're just lying the whole thing. Wait, 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 wait. Remember the giant? Um, yes. <laughs> the giant blinds that looked like a, a giant shell decoy? Yeah. That but floating. Yeah. What's right over up? The, yeah just right over the top of your kayak. Uh, My get kayak. A, get a sit-in kayak and then decoy. you just have that little thing over the top of you. Yeah, you're good to go. Perfect. Get a whole spread of 42-inch uh, Super Mag <laughs> shells and turn them into floaters. And I will be one of them. No, 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 no. I'm the swan. I'm the swan. You are the swan. That's a good yes. idea. Yes, paint, paint that fucker white. Absolutely. Put a big old like. And then you have it. Then you have it for when they when they do give us the swan season. Then you're ready to rock. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Anyways, do it. Um, well, that would be really cool. I think uh, we've got some. Dude, we've got more sea ducks in this state than a lot of people would realize. Like yeah. a lot. I don't and, uh, understand why oh. you can't. I mean, it even their like if I, their rationale and background, all it says is few hunters currently use this method, so expansion would increase hunting opportunities throughout the state without negatively impacting duck populations. Which sure, but it's like what what was the rationale behind it in the first place? 
that's a good question. The only thing I can think of is like they wanted to protect rafting birds out in the middle of nowhere or something. But yeah, I don't know because uh, birds do kind of figure out that the center of lakes and ponds is the only place they should land. But to me, it seems Not like anymore, it would, the, the reg then to me would be like to still allow people to hunt from shore or near shore, even if there wasn't sufficient vegetation to be hidden, to just say um, you can only hunt within. Uh, 50 yards of the shoreline unless partially concealed by vegetation. That way you could be out in like a, a random reed patch or something that was like well out in the middle, you know, some little shallow area that comes up. You could still hunt that because it you're in vegetation. But then if you wanted to hunt the shoreline where there wasn't any vegetation, you would still be you'd still be fine there. And that would still protect that raft that's out in the middle. So, But they didn't do that. They just said, can't do it. But now they're thinking of letting you do it. So, yep, I went yep on that one. I did too. Uh, create a military veterans hunt. I was like, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, most other states have done that already. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of coincides right with the youth hunts. Yep. Pro- no big deal. A two-day weekend hunting opportunity prior to regular duck season for veterans and active duty members of the military. Yep, why not? Just like it says, it, it, rationale background. It says like other states. Yeah, just do it. Whatever. Doesn't bother yep. me. Whatever makes people feel good. Yep. It's more opportunities. Um, it's only that bringing more people to the table. That's a good thing. Absolutely, and I don't think they need to even buy a license or anything when they do it. No, no, not usually for those special kind of weekends. You don't. You just get to do it. Which right. It's also kind of cool. Awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Implement the three splash. I had first heard about the three splash um, out of the Central Flyway Council meetings. Um, I know they were talking about doing this in South Dakota and Nebraska, um, and a three splash regulation is. You can shoot three. You can when you go to buy your hunting license. They say you want a normal six duck liberal limit um, license where you can shoot four mallards, two of which can be hens, one of which can be a scalp. You know, and or do you want this other license? You can only shoot three ducks, but they can be any sex, any species. Splash, splash, splash. You're done. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, I'd never heard a word about it other than the Central Flyway, South Dakota, and Nebraska talking about it, and then all of a sudden, boom, it showed up on our survey. What do you think? I think they need to um, define it better because, like, what you just – how you defined it is is what it is, but it doesn't really say that here. It just really? says limits implemented by species, um, current regulation. It says possible regulation, an experimental three-year regulation that would allow hunters to shoot three ducks of any species. But it doesn't say – You can still get the regular license. <laughs> right. It, yeah, it doesn't say that you can – it's one or the other. You know, it's like – what is that? I don't know what yeah, that Yeah, you're means. right. Does it that doesn't. just mean I can shoot three of any kind? Yes, like, it does. It doesn't really spell it out. It doesn't. You're right. That's um, weird. That's that's my only really critique of that one. But, again, I'll go with why not. You know, if, if you're a new hunter that can't ID species very well or you're somebody that doesn't generally limit out, you know, you you don't usually get six anyways, shit, why not, you know? Yeah, and also it might benefit somebody who's a trophy hunter that's hunting a limited species duck. You could go out and shoot three canvasbacks and nobody could There we go, there we go, there we go. Like if somebody (laughs) wants to target canvasbacks all season long, that that would be a good option for them too if they're like an expert hunter. And they could only shoot, they could shoot three hen mallards if they wanted. That's something I might be interested in. (laughs) (laughs) You might finally be able to go duck hunting and not be a criminal. That's right. 
That's right. <laughs> three sometimes pen, those hens got those tails. light chests, man. Those light bellies. They look like Drake sometimes. That's right. I'd, I'd be like, damn it. Ruin my limit. <laughs> Stupid eclipse, eclipse Drake's. <laughs> and then, um, let's see what else. Oh, the increase the Canada goose bag limit. That This one, I am, I am for, of course. But, I'm also um, going to be keeping an open mind and an open eye on on what happens because when, with a three bird limit, you get a, the, a lot of people that you know they'll hunt the X field and first two flocks come out, wham, bam, 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 bam. Oh my God, we're one over the limit. Let's fucking go, you know. And <laughs> then they're gone. Then they leave, and you're going to have hitting going from a three goose to a five goose limit, going from a like a five man fifteen bird to a five man twenty five bird is a huge difference in skill level and um and time of fields and birds that get shot into and birds that get exposed to decoys and calling and, and birds that get exposed to non-safety like those birds that go out an hour after sunrise when their homies just got slaughtered they have no idea they just go out and feed you know they don't have a reason to be freaked out about anything. Everybody picked their shells up and their decoys are gone and they're at the cafe when those geese show up to eat. But right. those those geese are going to show up to gunfire now. And uh, Well, I don't feel like it's anything different than the early season. I mean. No, it's it's just more of the early season. And well, it's just going to expose more geese to more hunters for more time. And I'm going to be interested to see what, what happens with that. I, I've heard people from other states not dig the uh, – the increases like on states that have gone to like six or five or uh, eight it's for those for, reasons. It's good for outfitters. No, it's not. Bigger pile picks. That's the worst fucking thing that could happen to an outfitter. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> if I, if I, if I, if I as, an, as an, like as a guide, the way I want the regulations to be is one bird per group. Oh my God. <laughs> Just one goose. All right, six guys. I mean, you guys can split it up. You get a thigh. You get half a breast. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh, no, dude. You get paid the same no matter how long, how many birds you fuck oh, up. Oh, my or... God. So uh, an outfitters, outfitters always push for limits to go lower unless they want to act it to act as a uh, – unless they need customers and they can't retain customers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if I got my customers, I'm booked for next year. Um, I don't want those fucking limits going up. That means more work. <laughs> so ridiculous. No, it is more work, uh, and and it's going to mean more scouting, uh, and it's going to be more burned fields. It's going to be less opportunity to get multiple hunts off of the same field. It's just going to make my life harder as an outfitter. <laughs> you don't see it that way? Uh, no, I don't actually. I don't see it. It's more opportunities, more people are gonna come to the state for a hunt. But why do I it's need gonna more be three people? it's gonna be three in Wisconsin and it's gonna be five here. Where do you think people are gonna go? Why well Because how I'm often booked, do people people don't get their limit that often anyways. Even at three. I mean it's you got eight guys. I mean how how often are people getting twenty four geese? It's not that often. So you increase it to five, it's more of like a shinier lure. But what's nice yeah, about but, it is the days where it's awesome, now it's really awesome because now you can maximize. The days where it's just working, well, yeah, now you can pile them up. No, I don't. I don't know. Even the, on the days that it's awesome, I'm still burning. I'm burning more of my candle than I need to. Because well, all right, between last year and this year, last year I booked 150 clients and it was full. This year it's the same 150 clients, except now I'm going to have to scout more because I'm going to burn more land. 
I'm going to have to stay in the field longer. I'm going to have to clean more birds. You don't have to. You can implement your own limits and rules. There's lots of outfitters down like in Oklahoma and Texas that have done that. Yeah, there's just because you have the ability. It's like speed limit on the freeway. It's 70. You don't have to drive 70. You can drive 65 if you want. There's no law saying you can't. Yeah. So just because it it is a five, you could come up with some bullshit line about like, uh, well, we like to keep our fields fresh and you don't like to burn them out. And we're worried about the future populations of the goose. So we have implemented our own three bird limit. It's just what it is. As long as it's on, you know, the website or you're up front with people, you can, you can make whatever regulations you want. Or yeah, or cut your hunts off for the K when I say it's over, it's over. (laughs) I mean, pretty much. And I wouldn't fuck anybody, but I mean, uh, I don't want to fuck the next group either. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you just, you just say that you're like, well, we don't want to burn this field just so we get a couple extra geese and then, you know, clients tomorrow are fucked. And a lot of times you're getting two day bookings if they're out of state anyways. So you're like, well guys, let's get out of this field so we don't burn it and we can hunt these same birds tomorrow. Yeah, you, know. you can do stuff like that. And then um, if you know it's a Sunday and you're not going to hunt for five days, you know, well, then hunt a little bit later and try to get that limit. But Sure, sure. Everything's situational, I yeah, guess. Um, sure. uh, I know, like, uh, down in, like, Oklahoma, there's a, at least one or two outfitters I know of that have done a five-goose limit instead of the eight because you shoot into those little wads of little geese, or the big wads of little geese, and you could get big rainouts. And if you're trying to hit the eight bird, man, like, with six guys, eight guys, that's, that's math. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, at some point in time, math. again, sometimes you you got to take it into your own hands and be like, okay, we only need two. Bob and Jerry, you two are the only ones firing. You know, pick or hey, pick we're one, leaving. Pick one bird. <laughs> I don't know? trust you, cocksuckers, to only shoot eight <laughs> out of the next group. You shot twenty-seven out of the first group, sixteen <laughs> off the second. Like, no, we're getting the fuck out of here. Fuck your limit. <laughs> who, who are the worst shooters in the group? You guys get to shoot this round. <laughs> Nobody gets to shoot. We're leaving. I'm not going to jail for you fucks. <laughs> yeah, you just do that. You just say, all right, we're done. Um, right. Which, yeah, that's, that's your prerogative. So the last yeah, somebody... one on the list here is to allow trolling motors on the WMAs. I guess, uh, yeah, why not? I actually picked no on that one. It's the only one I picked no because. Why is that? Because I like that the WMAs require some work. Uh, Keeps the riffraff out. Well, it could uh, decrease good opportunities for you and your little backwater sloughs. So I can see why you pick no. I just like the idea of it that they're, you know, it's like fly, you know, dry fly only streams. You know, there's certain parts where you can only, you know, it's like, all right, well. I have no idea what that means. Uh, just like for fly fishing for trout, like there'll be certain designation, certain streams I, or certain stretches of stream out. where they're I don't, like, you're, I, I you've lost listening. interest. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, Let's birds. say there was a stretch of river <laughs> where you could only shoot wood ducks. Okay, I like the stretch. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, and you want it, it to keep it that way. You don't want stupid goose hunters going in there and blasting all your back. wood ducks out. <laughs> <laughs> so you create this stretch. Uh, so basically, be, it's that's what I like about WMAs is that um, it does. It keep you got to work. You got to work for it. And it's there are just, some W. There's a lot of WMAs that are fucking huge. And I've mm-hmm. I've imagined I imagine at certain times for certain species. In those backwaters or in the way back fucking areas where you have to work to get to. It could be some bomb-ass hunts. Yeah, I mean, would it be nice to have – but here's 
they would have to have some restrictions because here's what's going to happen. ULO trolling motors, somebody's coming out with a 300-horsepower trolling motor. Mm-hmm. And you're going to, you know, be buzzing all over Swan Lake in no time. So I suppose you're right. I never thought of it that way. But um, that could definitely be a thing where people are souping up trolling motors. Or, you're, yeah, you're rocking. You got four, four of the strongest trolling motors that you can buy in the market all on your back and, you, you know, the back of the boat. And you just, you're gone. You know, I mean, it's like you, you, there needs to be some sort of, like, limit to it if they're going to do it. But... I still say no. I, I just like the idea of, of having to paddle in or row in or whatever. Again, it keeps the riffraff out. There are these WMAs get piss pounded as it is. You start making it even easier for people to access it, and it's really going to become a shit show. Yeah, some of them do. Yeah, I don't some know. There's, there's... Yeah, I, I don't know. I was talking to Ben Merlot for quite a while yesterday about. WMAs and what can we do to improve them? And you know, he's he's we're talking about shooting restrictions, like you know a noon a noon stop time on all WMAs. And I like that, but most mm. WMAs are vacant all the time. You know, like yeah. there's no there's no people there or game species. Yeah, I'm not I'm not about the limiting of time frame. I mean, for one, let's say you go to one of these super large WMAs and it takes you five hours just to get hike into the spot or paddle into the spot or whatever. Now you're like, Oh shit, we can hunt for 30 minutes and we got to pick up and it's three hours out. It's like that. No. Yeah. I'm for like the shooting restrictions on the areas that actually like attract a lot of waterfall already. Like there's no need for a shooting restriction on these podunk WMAs that get, 17 ducks on it in the spring right and nobody hunts them anyways like they don't need a shooting restriction but what they need is like habitat management to attract birds to it in the first place Mm -hmm. so the shooting restrictions i see being more relevant for the very popular areas that already attract hunters and birds and then yeah so what did you um think was missing from this survey access meaning Access to private lands for public hunting, agricultural lands. Um, I put in there. I put in my comments. Just nothing but comments about access. Like, why can't we start competing for the USDA VPA um, grants? What do we have to do to get um, money allocated to lease fields for waterfowl hunters? Do we have to start an NGO and sportsmen's caucus? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about, but no, I I get what you're saying. I don't think just being on a technicality, I don't think that would be something because these are potential regulation changes. You're talking about a whole new project. I am. Yeah, I'm off in my own world. Yeah, that that's something complete and different from regulation. Yeah, yeah. Now that you say it like that, I'm I'm realizing that you're right. And that's why I think (laughs) that's well. That's why I think that although swans could, I think probably could have been in here i don't think cranes is would have been in here i mean i think they technically fall under waterfall but um do they or they fall under migratory game birds that could be so maybe again maybe that's maybe that's why i mean i could see the swan thing in here but i just have a feeling that's a separate those are two separate issues as far as the dnr is concerned i think uh you got this they're not here i think maybe your um swan hunting dream might be more cracked out than my public access dream 
Uh, not, not into talking with Steve Kortz. Uh, when I talked to him and I was asking him about it, I didn't think it was going to be a possibility at all. I was just mentioning it because it came up in a lot of the questions that people wanted me to ask him. And he actually was like, yeah, we probably will have one here soon. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, actually, that that surprises me, I guess, yeah. And then when I talked to um, David Wolfson, the Swan researcher, I mean, the numbers he spit at me blew me away. You know, when they first started the Swan recovery, they were hoping for 30 um, breeding pairs. And yeah. We now have 30,000 adults or 40,000 adults with another 30,000 signets. So – that's a lot. That's, yeah, that's quite, a, lot, quite yeah. a bit more than 60. <laughs> yeah, they're doing all right there, bud. Yeah. The range <laughs> is expanding every year. It's it's crazy. Oh, and the other thing they did do is uh, they decriminalized the accidental shooting of trumpeters. So if you do have, if you go with their, you know, in the Dakotas and get your swan tag, your tundra swan tag, and you do shoot a trumpeter, you can legally now just tag it. And you're good to go. But there's not many trumpeters out there, is there? There's not many. We found two. <laughs> In oh, that's cool. West, uh, way west North Dakota. Well, we now people can stop lying about. Damn near to Minot. Accidentally shooting one in Utah so they can stop shutting their season down. Their yep. Season's been getting shut down the last two years because people oopsie a trumpeter when they go out there. Yep. And that's from what um, Steve said. He's like, I don't think anybody really enforced it anyways which is what happened with us like we self-reported we called the local co and he's like we don't have trumpeters out here we're like um okay let's say sake of argument that you had two of them <laughs> as of 8 30 this morning but as of 8 35 you have two less what would you do and he's like you got your tags right yep just tag him you'll be fine so we just took down um, his number and his badge his contact info his badge number he's like if you get stopped just tell him to call me so that's what we did. Weird. The only time I ever got checked by a federal game warden, um, he was out there. He was investigating a swan killing, huh. and he questioned questioned me as a possible suspect. Ooh, well, you do look pretty shady. Well, I was actually just kind of in the area, and he's like, he's like, "You got that red truck down there?" I was like, "Nope, that's uh, I got a gray Ford parked over in this parking lot over yonder." And he's like, "That's not your red one." I'm like. No, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Park, parked over there. He's like, "Are you red?" Sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, man. I'm sure. And then he was super cool. I actually, I will admit to a crime on your podcast. Oh, I did yes. not have, I did not have my hunting license on my person that day. Uh, it was in the door. It was in my center console of the truck. And that dude, the red truck, of the gray truck, <laughs> and. uh <laughs> I, I can't believe I just admitted to a crime. You mean, the, you I, mean the red truck? I uh, I did have my license. The gray truck. I'm not a swan killer. <laughs> I love how we kept trying to trip you up. On, it's like, what do you, mean? you mean the red truck? No, I mean the and red then, truck. Oh, you mean the red we, truck? <laughs> like, what? When we left, uh, we seen him up on a. He was parked up a uh, up a little driveway on an overlook, looking right through his fucking scope at that red truck <laughs> just waiting for that zombie just waiting for those dudes to come out of the swamp because there's some there's a swamp next to our field and some guys were down there banging and uh yeah i was like there must be a red truck over there sure enough like he's sitting there just fucking just... waiting like a cougar in the tall grass <laughs> that's awesome not if you're the guy with the red truck but you know we ended up chatting for a while it's like because i 
I was in a public hunting area, so I you can't drive in it. And I looked across the field, and there's a truck driving at me. I was like, that is a game warden. Yep. So I, like, going through my pockets, like, you know, hiding the weed. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I'm looking for my license, and I'm like, oh, my God, I don't have my fucking like Ah, fuck, it's in the center console. And I turned around, and I see it on the side of the truck, like, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, uh, federal game enforcement officer, like, holy shit like i've only heard stories about these guys like yeah. how about how mean and angry and bad they are and it's really cool i hope you found those cocksucking swan killers swan killers but i mean maybe they <laughs> had a tag so i mean no it was minnesota oh it was minnesota i thought this was dakotas okay no 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 it was pretty close to the dakotas though yeah probably not close west enough. out west sure but anyways um uh should we do uh podcast that has a little bit more national interest next we can do that before before we wrap this one up i want to uh read this last thing on the page here it says the check back here in february for details on how to register and participate in the march online meeting on waterfall reg proposal so i'm going to be doing that hopefully i get on the the list i'd like to participate in that that'd be pretty sweet Oh yeah, that would so be sweet. Keep an eye Dude, on I that. Gotta, if I see it before you and you see it before me, holler at your boy. Yeah, same, same. And yeah. uh, I got another um, DNR meeting too that I've got a I got a Zoom invite too that'd be pretty sweet. Oh, kick ass! It's uh, about the uh, what I call the black helicopter CIA neck collars. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've got fucking details on them you now, and I've, been, I've got major details, and I've got a Zoom invite for February third. Oh hell yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. I've been looking for info on these things for two years and I haven't been able to find a smidge and now I got it all. Now you get it all. <laughs> You're going to be in the know. Well, that could be a fun episode once you get no. the info. Nobody else can know. No, you're sharing it. I'm going to force you. <laughs> I'm going to inject you with the truth serum telling me everything. I'm going to tell you, but we're going to end the podcast now and then, um, then I'll tell you that you're not going to just like put out to the public all right all right let's do it all right <laughs> the end done Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Four in the morning. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Birds up in the sky.